Hello everyone. Welcome to my show Career Startup Leadership Podcast, a podcast to spotlight world-class Asian entrepreneurs, leaders, C-suite executives, innovators and allies who provide candid insights from the personal journey to inspire you. And this is your host Priyanka Kumla joining you on our 88th episode of Career Startup Leadership Podcast. We're super excited to ace our 100th episode soon, so thank you so much to each one of you for your continued support. And for those of you who are watching this live on LinkedIn or YouTube, do continue following us either pre priyanka kumla or our career startup leadership podcast page on linkedin as well as on youtube so hit that subscribe and like so we get to know how this podcast is inspiring you to be a better version of yourself on this special episode i have such an amazing guest who is joining us from the city washington dc yes the capital of the united states kanika tolwar who's the ceo and author of career rehab hi kanika welcome to the show hello good afternoon Thank you so much Kanika for being on the show and I'm so excited and honored to spotlight you as one of those allies who are interested in sharing career insights on how do you strip out fear and build your dream career and you are the amazing and the right person that I could think about on this specific topic so thank you so much thank you thank you I appreciate it and to our listeners Kanika has a name that's of Indian descent so you know that's some trivia that we want to unveil as part of the show as well So let's talk a little bit more about who Kanika is and what to expect on this show. Kanika is the CEO and founder of Career Rehab based out of Washington DC where she helps clients transform their careers and reach their career goals. She's the author of the acclaimed title Career Rehab: Rebuild Your Personal Brand and Rethink the Way You Work, which is just celebrating its first year anniversary as well. Congratulations Kanika on that. Thank you. And as an in-demand coach, consultant, speaker, thought leader, she's been featured on CNN, CNBC, Yahoo, Black Enterprise, Glassdoor, Entrepreneur, Washington Post, in a variety of radio interviews and podcasts. She's a much sought-after professional, and here I am today unveiling her to our Asian community. Thank you so much, Kanika. Again, such a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you. Thank you. And to our listeners. please drop in a quick hello and the country that you're tuning in from one lucky listener is going to get a free 30 minute exclusive mentoring session with kanika herself so grab this exclusive opportunity and we're super excited to learn more about one how do you strip out fear and build your dream career two let's talk about kanika's journey herself being a technology professional and entrepreneur i should say a rebellious entrepreneur mm-hmm. and look at the way she has unveiled her life and three some fun aspects of kanika as she talks to our asian diaspora are you excited kanika i'm excited let's go awesome i'm going to start with a quick comment from one of our live listeners there you go we have lakimja matox who <laughs> says happy birthday week in kanika and congrats on your one year book launch as well yeah my birthday was yesterday so um thank you so much for the birthday wishes i got a lot of amazing birthday wishes and we have book birthday wishes that's awesome hey so many milestones and look at you we're super honored that you would spend that time with us on this busy weekend yeah i'm excited to just continue to um push the culture forward and continue to help all of us you know enhance our personal brand so i'm just excited and delighted to be here today that's awesome and thank you lakimja for sharing those wonderful milestone moments from Kanika's life as well. So Kanika let's start about your childhood. So let's talk about that aspect. You grew up in DC. How was it growing up in DC back in those days? 
Um, you know, I grew up in a single family home. Um, my mom, before my mother had met my stepdad, um, she, my mother's a blue collar worker. So, um, you know, she spent a lot of her time raising me and my sister. I have a, another sister who's three years younger than me. So growing up in DC was, it was an exciting time. Um, it, I had a lot of time to really fellowship with family. I spent a lot of time in my childhood since my mother was working. I spent a lot of time with my grandmother. So um, my grandmother was really, um, she's the one that taught me how to serve other people because we always would go throughout DC and we would um, feed the homeless. We would, um, we would feed the homeless every Friday. Um, after school, my grandmother would pick me up and we would feed the homeless and we would go out and we would, you know, prepare baskets for families during Thanksgiving. And I spent a lot of time in DC going to church, <laughs> to be honest with you. That's what I remember the most about my childhood is spending th throughout the week going to church and spent a lot of time doing a lot of community outreach with the church. You have a very interesting childhood and thanks for sharing those raw, authentic moments <laughs> in your life as well, because that makes you who you are, Kanika. Your philosophy of helping people succeed in their career through their personal brands. I think a lot of it stems from your childhood experiences as well. Yeah, it definitely does. I guess growing up in D.C. at the time, D.C. was really, it was like one of those um, cities where it was a lot of crime, a lot of poverty. Um, my church was in Washington, D.C. and Southeast. So it was up the streets from the projects. So, you know, growing up in you know, not necessarily not me. I wasn't necessarily poor, but working, you know, living in a working class family um, and seeing my mother basically make ends meet as a single mother, but then also seeing people that had less than me. Um, it made me wanted to be able to focus in on workforce development and seeing people that were, were either on welfare or they were homeless. I knew that there was something inside of me that I didn't know at that time, but I knew something that was inside of me that me giving back through career development and personal branding, it really could help people have the confidence to not want to stay on public assistance and want to get a job and want to be promoted and want to thrive in their career. So I think that seeing that at a very young age and seeing people on drugs and seeing people addicted to alcohol. And my grandmother was so, um, ex she was just so ecstatic and excited about her outreach. It made me find my own outreach. I'm so glad you didn't let the barriers of the environment that you grew in stop you from becoming who you are today. Thank you. Yeah. It actually inspired me to go harder. Like it inspired me to, um, one more from my life. And, you know, DC has changed over, you know, you know, now it's not the same way it was because due to gentrification, but now I can look back on it and I can say like, wow, seeing all that hardship helped me prepare myself to, like you said, get over that fear of trying to like pursue a dream or a career. You know, I've lived all my life in Washington, DC since moving to the US and, but I've seen a different version of DC where it, it's much more glorified. So, but you've seen the roots of how DC has evolved yeah. over a period of time. Yeah, I've seen the transformation. So, you know, in the eight, you know, I, I'm was born in the eighties. So growing up in the nineties, um, it just wasn't what it is today. It's very nice and pretty and polished and beautiful buildings and condos and different things that are happening that are amazing. But um, I saw it before it became, uh, we used to call it chocolate city because it was a lot of low income 
African-Americans that lived in DC that, you know, were in those particular hardships that I had already mentioned. So let's dig a little bit deeper into that aspect. As a woman of color who's focused on career growth, having these big dreams, growing up in places where you felt nothing can stop me from accomplishing my big goals, how was life as you transitioned into becoming a technology professional, an entrepreneur, a book author, when you look back? When I look back at it, I graduated from um, Bowie State University, and that's the HBCU college in Bowie, Maryland, in, in, you know, not too far from D.C. And when I left college and I went into the workforce, I really felt like I knew that I was like a top student in college, a top student in high school. But I think dealing with the challenges when I got into the workforce was different, right? Because I had to learn how to mature as a woman. I had to learn how to navigate managers and being in toxic work environments. So for me, when I got into tech, I thought that things were going to be like it was in college. You know, I'm going to excel and I'm going to succeed. And I exceeded at work, but I, I had to navigate other challenges being a black woman at work that a lot of people don't in tech, you know, there's not a lot of black women that work in tech. So, you know, I had to deal with working in a male dominating industry. So it was very difficult in my twenties because I was really so um, sensitive. I was so um, thinking I was doing the right thing by going to college and getting a computer science degree. But then when I got to work, I felt alone. I felt isolated. I felt being mistreated and I felt being looked over. So those are the things that in my twenties, you know, I was able to like really advance fast and, and make six figures by 26, 27 years old. But I still was dealing with other challenges that college didn't prepare me for. And that's when I really started towards like close to 30. I really started to focus in on understanding personal branding and how to navigate those challenges. You know, I, I truly agree. Being in corporate or, you know, uh, any kind of environment that you are in as part of your work life, you deal with a different set of challenges that you can only tackle as you are on the ground, have those hands-on experiences, right? Trying to navigate the different challenges. Yeah. So it was like lessons learned. It was, it was more so like I was learning on the job, not just about learning on the job about technology, but I was learning on the job about life skills, about responsibility, about um, how to communicate effectively as a woman of color at work, how to effectively communicate to a manager that doesn't look like me all the time. You know, so a lot of times my managers were white males. They didn't necessarily understand my needs. So, you know, in 2014, I left the federal government and I went into private sector and that's when career rehab was birthed. That's when the fear, overcoming the fear of going from government um, tech industry to private sector, that's where the personal branding started for me in my life. That's awesome. On that note, we have a quick comment from one of our live listeners, Hina Girdar, who says, hi Priyanka, good to see you. Thank you so much, Hina. Hina's joining us from India. Hey, how you doing? Alrighty, Hina, thanks for joining us. And if you have a question or a takeaway or a comment for uh, Kanika, feel free to drop it in the comment section as well. So Kanika, let's talk about you as an entrepreneur. You know, one of the fascinating aspects when I look at your portfolio is you're not just an entrepreneur, like a typical entrepreneur. You're more a rebellious entrepreneur and you feel proud stating yourself in that way. And the reason why I'm asking it is, you know, be it as a, as a black woman or as an Asian woman, we always feel 
you need to put your head down work on things somebody is going to recognize you and give you all the accolades that you need but you have a different line of thought which i believe a lot of women need to feel inspired from so talk to us a little bit about that rebellious spirit in you so in my book i talk about being a corporate rebel and it's very important for people to know that it's not a negative thing when i say rebel i mean it's a positive thing to want to put yourself out there and shine so for me it's all about putting myself out there at work online in my business with my clients on speaking engagements on podcast shows because if i keep my head down and i just stay in the cubicle or i just stay behind the scenes how are people going to really know my greatness so rebel means that hey i have a mission and my mission is to show the world that i am great beyond just staying in my cubicle or just doing my deliverables or just being a regular um professional and and i'm not saying that people who want to have you know regular jobs they still can shine at work they don't have to be an entrepreneur to shine so it's important for for me and for my clients that I coach is to teach them how to um step up to do speaking engagements within their industry i do a lot of tech speaking engagements step up at work in a way that you can shine where you are doing presentations and briefings and you're leading projects because that that's going to allow people to see you in a different light if you are always in a supporting role sometimes people don't think that you can handle um the leadership aspect of of um in within the within the corporate space. So that's what I've do have done is I have just always stepped up and volunteered to do things to so people can see me shine at work. You know that's an amazing way to project yourself. You know but one thing that pulls a lot of us back Kanika is the feeling of fear. You know trying to figure out you know what's going to happen when I step out how are people going to reciprocate? What is one thing that's worked well for you to strip out that fear from your life? I think taking incremental steps of faith. I think I don't I don't believe in the idea of just telling someone to jump or leap. I think taking small little leaps of faith meaning that for me is when I was working in the government, I um before I had left private sector, I would step up and do a detail opportunity. I would go work in another office. That's really small, right? To say, "Hey, I see an opportunity to work on a, a project that's out of my comfort zone, but I'm interested in it and I just want to go over to another group to expand my network, but also to learn a new skill set." That's a small leap of faith. That's not necessarily you putting yourself out there to be in front of everyone, but you're putting yourself in a small group of people that you normally wouldn't be meeting with. They're not they're not a part of your regular group. So I did that during the Obama administration. I stepped up and I said, "You know, I want to do a detail opportunity with the front office so I can help them develop their social media strategy." I left my, you know, my IT team and I went over there for 120 days. that was giving me visibility not just to learn things about social media marketing but it was giving me visibility to leaders that were leading that department that could see me shine in a different way outside of my normal responsibilities was there a moment that you can share when you met some of those top leaders i mean when i was when i when i back in 20 2012 2013 2014 i i really was able to meet like the secretary of department of transportation i was able to meet different um senior we call them political appointees during the um obama administration 
I was able to, to tour the White House due to, you know, being able to, I didn't necessarily meet President Obama, but Michelle Obama did come to my agency and I was able to see her speak. Um, you know, I don't, fa I don't fan out that much over, over leaders because I, I, I fan out over myself. <laughs> I think that you know, I, those are like lovely moments where, yeah. you know, you feel that when you reach, uh, you know, when you do your outreach to project your brand, you get a chance to do a lot of things that you just mentioned. Yeah. I met a lot of um, commissioners and they would call me into their office and they would, you know, I would sit down and talk to them. Well, sometimes I was so rebel. I was such a rebel. I would actually, I would actually just go and talk to their secretary and be like, can you put me on their calendar? Because I actually need to um, like sit down with them and have a conversation. I know when I was leading the social media strategy, uh, I would say, Hey, can I, can I come in there and I can, um, um, that particular, um, political appointee, her name was um, Ann Farrell. And I like have, I, I think that's what made me feel fearless in a way that they was just like me. And we put people on pedestals because they're a leader. But when you meet with these people, they're just like you. And I think that's what really set me apart from everyone else. I wasn't scared to knock on their door and get on their calendar and have candid conversations about my career development goals. That's an amazing takeaway. You know, look, <laughs> when you step out of your fear zone you understand that everybody's just as human as you are it's yeah. just that you have to reach out yeah so that that's that's the way i um was able to come over overcome fear that's amazing so let's talk about how you build your dream career and let's talk about your book career rehab which forms an important part of the discussion what's the best takeaway that's very close to your heart as part of the book that you can share with our listeners um, one of my favorite chapters in the book is be a brand and not an employee. And during that time when I was in a very comfortable um, state within my career, I was being an employee. I had an employee mindset. I wasn't, you know, at a place where I was, I am today. So when I started to look at myself like a brand, I spent like the whole year, like 2012 into 2013, really reading personal branding books really revamping my resume, revamping my LinkedIn profile, stepping out of my cubicle and volunteering and doing the detail and doing cross collaboration with other people in other agencies during the Obama administration. So that was when I shifted my mindset from being an employee to being a brand. And the way that you let go that mindset is you want, first you have to stop, um, making you have to you have to get to a place where you make the small things sound big I, I, I say in the book a lot of times we do we do things on a redundant basis and we do it every day we do that report we do that presentation we do that document we do that spreadsheet but we are not making it sound big in the grand scheme of things right the way we call it out on our resume we're a subject matter expert at that task but we are like making ourselves be so small because we're not really shining and calling it out on our LinkedIn profile and on our resume in a, in a great way. Because there's something impactful about that small task that is a bigger picture than, than you just say, oh, I do that briefing or that spreadsheet. Um, and then, then the next thing I really did is I started to value my relationships with my clients, my stakeholders, with my managers, with my coworkers, I started to think about how I could develop relationships that could actually help me network 
for my future and not my past, right? Because if I'm trying to go in another direction, I need to be aligning myself with people that are going in that direction that I'm trying to go in. So that was like, I would say that particular time within my career and in my life and even before the book, I was shifting my mindset. You know, mindset shift is very important, but it takes a lot of time, right? Because focusing on the fact that, you know, you're looking at your paycheck and somebody else is going to figure out the broader goals for you. But then after a point, you realize you are the only one who's in charge of your career. Your manager or supervisor can only go so far to help you transform your career, but you got to take that leap. Yes. And I, and I, because I had at the time four different managers within a five year period, I was like, the employer is not, it's not their responsibility. At one time I did think, oh, it's their responsibility to make sure that I grow, make sure I get a promotion, make sure that I take training. But no, I had to sit down and say, it's my career and I have to basically manage my career. So when I took that control back, it was, I, I was, could build my blueprint and I couldn't make, make it all about what they weren't doing for me because that's wasted energy. That's wasted time. Me thinking about, oh, I spent four years here and I'm still waiting on this particular promotion. Yeah. No. So I said, you know what? I'm going to take back ownership and career rehab is all about rebuilding what's not been working right. Whatever's not been working right, we're going to rebuild it. There's a foundation already there, but we have to build upon that foundation and we have to be the builder. We have to be the architect of our career. That's a pretty interesting way to look at your career journey itself. What is one advice you would have for personal branding? Because a lot of people think, do we need a personal brand, especially for tech employees? What advice would you have there for us? I think that personal branding was frowned upon years ago. But I think in the technology industry, I think that it um, employers and companies are coming around to see that it's another way, it's another another recruiting uh, mechanism that could be used to find good talent. So yes, I do believe in tech that personal branding is important. I believe your resume and your LinkedIn profile is the foundation, right? It's the foundation of the house of your career, right? But in order to really stand out and expand, because everybody has a resume, everybody has a LinkedIn profile, but to order to, to expand your personal brand, I think it's important to write books, um, maybe write blog posts, maybe have a podcast show, um, maybe have a YouTube channel about the things that you're passionate about with technology. Because when you have those, you know, that online portfolio to show them those mobile apps you built or those websites that you built and they're public facing and they can actually access them, it helps you stand out amongst other candidates and it helps the employer to know that you are going to be a rock star at work. You know, and that's the best part, right? You need employees like them, which employers want to invest on. Yeah. And I think that training and certifications enhance your brand. So taking opportunities to get certified in different technologies, maximizing and using your training budget at work for your own personal brand on their dime, it really helps you also add value back to the organization, but you're adding value back to yourself. So it's important. I talk a little bit about that in the book about how you have to build your brand by dating jobs. And you do that by understanding what is it, what's in it for you? What's in it for you? We know that they're getting 40 hours or more per week out of you 
but what are they giving back to you that can add value to your personal brand and your life? So when you go to the next job, you can you can negotiate a higher salary. These are practical life skills, right? Yeah, I, I wouldn't say that they're practical life skills. I just think that they're things that you learn after going through career heartbreaks. You start to realize that I can't expect the job to do these things for me. These are things that I got to put in place to have an unstoppable career. That's very true. Now, tell me this, Kanika. You come across as someone who is a go-getter, who's focused on goals and getting things done. But how do you handle career heartbreaks, low moments in life? I mean, I've had a lot of career heartbreaks, and that was the whole reason why I wrote Career Rehab, because I wanted to help other people rebuild from their career heartbreaks. Um, for me, it's very important to uh, pray and meditate. There are going to be setbacks and failures in your career, and I've had them um, as a woman. I've had you know things happen to me at work that were inappropriate. But I think the best thing that we could do when we go through those things is to understand how do we build a better relationship with management? How do we build a better relationship with the next employer? And the, and the last thing is when I'm looking for another job after that career heartbreak, I am paying attention to the company culture. I'm paying attention to, you know, do they really promote diversity? Do they promote work-life balance? And if those types of things are signs that I see that were career heartbreaks from the last job, I'm going to be even more inclined to say, hey, I need to get another job, or this is not the right fit, or I'm going to use Glassdoor. Because I think we keep going from job to job, and we keep having more career heartbreaks because we're not vetting the job. The way that they vet us in the job interview so for me, now I'm paying attention to the whole picture. So I don't keep going into these bad career relationships, getting my heart broken because I keep picking the wrong um, culture. You know, that's something that each one of us needs to pay attention to, not as an afterthought, but it's, it's more like you're dating the job. Yeah, yeah you're, you're in a relationship. So I really, people love dating jobs in the book because it's not about job hopping or moving around. It's about you having a relationship with your employer and you understanding what do you want from the job and what do they want from you, but also you are making sure that you know that we just friends with benefits. Until I decide this career relationship is over, I'm going to get all the experience, all of the expertise. I'm going to get more training and education. And when you're no longer feeding me the things that are good for me, then I have to break up with you before you break up with me because it's important for me to know my worth. I can't stay in a job that's toxic for five years, which I've done before. And I develop all of this, um, these health problems and mental illness and depression and stress. I think it's important to see the signs early of a toxic career relationship and get out of it as soon as you can. No, that's great advice. And thanks for sharing some of your own personal stories as well. So Kanika, one thing that you mentioned as part of our talk is building your network for the future. And how important is mentorship in this process? Because you need to build a strong network of people who are going to root for you outside of your employer. And how do you do that? So I think when you're trying to find mentors at work, um, it's important to develop a relationship with them first before you ask them to be your mentor. 
I think it's very important to know that people are looking at you. They're looking at your work ethic. They're looking at your hustle They're looking at your deliverables. They're looking at how you carry yourself. And then you, and you, as you working with them, you can take the relationship to the next level. Sometimes we want people to be our mentors and they don't even know us. They have no clue who we are, what we do, what our personal brand is. So I think it's important to introduce yourself and to start to develop incremental conversations and go on coffee chats or um, virtual coffee chats now because we're in a pandemic. But, you know, when we were in the office, I would set up coffee chats with people that I knew and that I admired them. And I would try to develop a relationship that way. If you're doing it on LinkedIn, um, I think it's also important to still add them, you know, introduce yourself and add them as a connection. But I also think it's important for you to engage in their content online. Those are great nuggets of wisdom. Yeah. If you engage in their content online at a regular basis, they get to know that you are a fan of their work. They get to know that you have um, some alignment of skill sets and knowledge that they have. But but you don't want to just um, meet somebody on LinkedIn and just ask them to be your mentor. And you guys haven't been connected with each other on LinkedIn for a period of time to, to nurture and develop and foster a relationship. So for me, I try to network with people that are smarter and better than me, but they've accomplished the things that I'm trying to accomplish. So looking at their profile is very important. Thank you for sharing those interesting ways in which you can network effectively, not just like sending a request, but focusing more on why you want to connect with them and then building on that relationship over a longer period of time. Yeah, and I think it's important to um, when people start to see you interact with the content that that's being posted. Um, people on Twitter and on LinkedIn, I've started to know that the same people actually like and comment comments or ask me questions on these social media platforms. So now when they inbox me and they say, "Hey, I would love to be a, a client of yours," or "I would love to, um, you know, get an autographed cop copy of your book," I am more probably interesting in, in, in sharing my time with them because we've been friends for the last couple of three throughout the pandemic and we've gotten to know each other in a way that has been more intimate than you just blindly asking me for something that I don't even know who you are. Those are awesome tips. Thank you. And especially during the pandemic, you know, that is not an excuse not to network if you have the time and that energy and resources. So I hope our listeners take advantage of some of those nuggets there. We have a fun rapid fire on for you, Kanika. Are you ready for it? Yes. All right. The first thing, I have a set of questions for you. And you tell me the first thing that comes to your mind when I say the following. And I'm going to start right with your name, Kanika. Tell us the meaning behind that name. Gold. It means gold. I shine bright because I'm a rock star. Hey, that's such amazing words. Thank you for sharing that. How do you define success, Kanika? I define success by learning from your failures. How do you define happiness? I find it to be peace and joy. What is one fun thing about you that's exclusive to our listeners? Uh, I love sneakers. That's I love really cool. sneakers, yes. <laughs> so what seems to be your favorite hobby now uh, during this pandemic? Working out. Um, actually, right now is one of my... I don't really have a whole lot of hobbies. I'm always working, honestly. <laughs> um, then I, I probably need some more hobbies. I would say one of my favorite hobbies is 
working out. I, I love reading up on anything about plant-based food and plant-based eating. I changed my diet over the pandemic. So one of my hobbies has really been focusing on my, my physical well-being, my mental health and my physical health. And um, outside of that, I'm usually working on the business. <laughs> and if you're following Kanika on Twitter, especially there, she shares a lot of interesting insights into her emotional and physical well-being so yeah i would say getting in tune the pandemic really pushed me to get in tune with my mental health and my physical health because it started off pretty bad <laughs> hey, but you're now in a good position and sharing those interesting aspects of your life inspires a lot of us so thank you for doing that for us thank you we can't rehab our careers if our bodies aren't um, being taken care of properly so i just encourage everyone to take care of themselves as much as they can I'm still trying to figure it out, but I've gotten a lot better. <laughs> hey, we're all in the process, right? Right. But the first step is what is very important. Alrighty, so that brings us to the end of the episode. This was amazing. Do you have a parting thought for our listeners before we wrap up the episode, Kanika? No, I just want to tell you guys to make sure that you check out the Curry Up Startup Leadership Podcast Show. It's an amazing podcast show. It's amazing guests, but amazing gems and knowledge that you can learn. Um, I want to thank you so much for having me on your platform. And I want you guys to continue to turn your anxiety into accomplishments. Thank you so much, Kanika. And we're super excited that you took the time to join us on this wonderful episode of the podcast. And to our listeners, three key takeaways on our 88th episode of Career Startup Leadership Podcast with the Kanika Talwar, the CEO of Career Rehab. One, reach out be comfortable in your own skin. Opportunity lies just outside of your comfort zone. And two, you got to take ownership of your career. And three, and the most important of all, personal brand is a must, especially for technology professionals. If you're still on the edge thinking, do you need a brand? Well, now it's time to brush your LinkedIn, whatever that brand of portfolio is going to look like. And we have an amazing opportunity. If you're going to watch this on live or replay, Drop a quick comment or a takeaway in the comment box, wherever you're watching it on LinkedIn or YouTube. And one lucky live or replay listener is going to win a free 30-minute mentoring session. And well, you can figure out the personal brand with Kanika herself. Thank you so much, Kanika. This was amazing. And I want to thank Lakimja and Hina Girdhar for joining us on the live show as well. We're super excited and we wish you continued success on your first year anniversary of Career Rehab. It's a wonderful book, which we'll share in the episode notes that you can go and check out as well. And we are here to support you. Thank you so much for being an ally for the Asian community. Thank you. Awesome. So to our listeners, that was Kanika Talwar, the CEO of Career Rehab. Such an amazing and interesting personality. I hope the key takeaways are going to be actionable insights that you're going to work on in this 2021. We have an amazing lineup of guests tomorrow and the day after. We're going to focus on career transitions. How do you build your dream career as part of our dream career series over here? So follow us by watching me, Priyanka Komla, or our Career Startup Leadership Podcast page on LinkedIn. We're also on YouTube. So give us a subscribe and a like if you're watching on any of these channels. And I'll see you tomorrow, Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern with another special guest. Until then, it's Priyanka, your host of Career Startup Leadership Podcast, signing off. And remember, if you're watching this, I should say hearing this on a podcast streaming platform, give us a like and a subscribe. Career Startup Leadership Podcast is a podcast focused on spotlighting Asian leaders, entrepreneurs, C-suite executives, and allies like Kanika, so they can provide candid insights from their personal journey to inspire you. Thank you.